How's it going, everybody? Excellent. Excellent response tonight. I'm good. So uh, I'm going to start off with a little prayer here, and then uh, we'll jump into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time we can get together and worship you. And Lord, speak to us tonight. Um, Use my words in whatever way that you need to use them. Um, Yeah, let me say what you want me to say and not say what you don't want me to say. And yeah, God, um, pierce our minds and our hearts and souls tonight with more of you. Amen. So some uh, friends of mine from that I've known for many years told me this story once way back. Um, I thought it was a pretty good one. So they were in college, and they were going to a dinner party. And they had like a group of friends that all used to hang out. And they had uh, this one person who was part of their, I don't know if it was part of their group, um, but was kind of annoying. And so they were having this dinner party, and this friend found out about it and sort of invited themselves along to the dinner party, and everyone was kind of bummed. But they were like, okay, you know, we can, we can do this. It's all right. We can be kind and... Um, to this person, and they weren't they weren't a bad person. They were just kind of annoying. And so, the night of the dinner party happened, and one of the other guys in the group was just really bummed, really just not looking forward to this dinner party and having this person come over and be a part of the group that night. And so he decided, in his mind, he said, "Okay." anything this person says tonight that's annoying, I'm just going to respond back to them with Scripture. So, you know, kind of a kind of a dick thing to do. Um, <laughs> so the people showed up and they were hanging out and this one person was just kind of talking and just being being their usual selves and everyone was just kind of tolerating them being there and the one guy just anytime the person would say something he would just respond back with scripture yeah but you know in the bible it says this blah 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 and they were like okay and and you know he was kind of doing it to be a jerk like he was just you know using scripture to be a jerk not a good idea but anyway that's the way it goes in the story and about halfway through the dinner time, this person said something kind of outrageous. And the one guy just, again, said, okay, well, but in Scripture, it says this. And the guy burst into tears and was just like, you're right. I'm sorry. I've been an awful person. I've been horrible to you guys. And everyone else at the table was just like, Oh, what happened? Like, uh, and he just apologized and he realized that he was being, you know, kind of annoying to the rest of the group. And he just 
wanted to be a part and whatever. And just the, the scripture that this guy was speaking to him just really convicted and kind of broke down some things in him. Anyway, wouldn't recommend you guys to do that. But it was effective. Scripture is effective. So tonight we're going to talk about knowing Scripture and what that does in our lives. So the way this came about, um, we're kind of breaking from our usual series that we've been in. Um, Our good friend Larry was scheduled to preach this week. And he's still just been getting over some sickness and some stuff that he's had going on. So he texted me and said, hey, it's probably not a good idea if I preach this week. And I was like, okay, great. And I was sitting there and I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Should I try to find somebody else? And I was at my Tuesday night guys group meeting. And we were just, you know, I got the text from Larry and I was just hanging out. And uh, we're sitting around the table talking just about things. And Isaac just was sharing something um, that was going on with him. And he just started speaking scripture, just in the natural course of the conversation, just it flowed right into this scripture that was meaningful to him and that fit with what we were talking about and what we were, you know, what he's been going through lately. Um, And I was just, it just hit me like a rock to the head. And I was like, oh, this is so great. So great when people can just speak Scripture out in their lives. So I went home and I typed up my entire uh, outline for this sermon in about six minutes. Um, Yeah, it just, no, it just... It just hit me, and I was like, okay, God, I think this is what we need to talk about this week, is the importance of knowing Scripture in our lives and kind of how to do that. Um, so, um, so I'm going to be giving you guys a lot of Scripture tonight. And don't worry if you don't catch it all, because I've got handouts. Um, which has every piece of scripture that will be up there tonight on it, as well as some extra stuff that I will explain later as we get to it. All of it, the whole entire thing. So anyway, uh, yeah, strap in. We're going to go through a lot of scripture tonight. Um, so yeah, why is it good to know scripture? So you can be a dick at a dinner party? No. Not a good reason to know scripture, but it's a great story. Um, so the main scripture I'm using tonight is Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen. All scripture is God breathed or God inspired, is in some of the other translations, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is one of the reasons why it's good to know Scripture, so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, if you are, if you care about people, if you care about social justice, it's going to be much more effective if you're equipped for every good work and you're doing these things because of your relationship with Jesus 
not just because it's a nice thing to do on the planet. Um, so, I, I should have put this one later, but it's not there. But this, again, this is kind of the main one we're going to be using, but it's the first one on the sheet that I will hand out in just a little bit. So just, yeah, all Scripture is God, God-breathed. Um, so the next thing, so Jesus knew Scripture. So in Matthew 4, Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist. The voice of God spoke out of heaven and said, This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. (laughs) Not yet. Um, And then chapter 4, right after this happens, Jesus comes out of the Jordan River. God has said, This is my Son. And then we get into chapter 4, and it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So directly after, basically, what's considered the start of Jesus' ministry is when he was baptized. He's then led out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Um, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God... Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Satan's trying to tempt Jesus, and Jesus is quoting Scripture at him. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, And they will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So all three times, Jesus didn't answer of his own being. Um, All three times, even though he is the Son of God, all three times, he used Scripture to combat the devil. And then it said the devil left him. Um, He didn't fight with him. He didn't do anything. He just quoted Scripture. So when you're in a tough spot, and if you know Scripture, you'll be amazed at what comes to mind sometimes. And you can think it in your head or quote it even out loud. Um, again, this is, this is good reasons to know Scripture, is that it is the Word of God. It can help you in tough spots. It can influence people around you. Um, It can be healing to people around you. So what... I wrote this weird. What do you do to know Scripture more? So some of you might have been Christians for a while. Some of you, maybe not so long. 
Um, so what do we do to get to know Scripture more? Um, and really, that's the goal. If you don't know Scripture that much, start. If you know a lot of Scripture, keep it up. Keep reading, keep memorizing, keep growing. Um, so one of the ways to know Scripture more is to write it out. So Deuteronomy eleven eighteen says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Um, so, and then the next one, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Also, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Um, basically, no scripture. Carry it with you. Keep it in your house. Um, so Jewish people have a, and other people do it too, but Jewish people have a thing, a mezuzah on their door frames. And it's, you'll see it, Steve and Joe have one at their house. It's on the front door. It's just a little thing. And inside is a, just usually a little piece of paper, right? And it has these verses and the Shema. And is there anything else? Mostly this. Um, written in there that they put on their door frames of their houses. So they have that available. So you can write it out. So... In my house, we use three-by-five cards, and they're taped up, mostly in the bathrooms. Uh, so the downstairs bathroom, you're using the toilet, and you're just standing, staring at the sink, and there's three-by-five cards taped to the sink with Scripture on it. So you just sit there, and you read Scripture. Um, upstairs in the bathroom, on the sink, when I'm brushing my teeth, and is some more three by five cards. My favorite one that I like is John two seven. So this is supposedly Jesus's first miracle. So after he was baptized, after he was, I don't know, or maybe before, I don't know the timeline. Uh, before he went out in the desert, I forget. He went to a wedding, and the, they ran out of wine at the wedding. And Jesus' mom was like, hey, make some more wine. Um, and so Jesus said, okay. So Jesus, and this is just, this is the verse that we have on the three by five card in the bathroom. This is all it says. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. I love this verse because Jesus hadn't really done any miracles yet that people knew about in the area where Jesus was. And so he said to the servants, fill these jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. They believed Jesus wholeheartedly. And they didn't fill him up halfway. And they're like, he's going to turn this to wine? Okay, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll just, we'll just give him a little bit kind of at the bottom. They filled them to the brim. And I don't know, different things I've read said some of the jugs were equivalent to like 
30 gallons of wine, and they filled them to the brim. So whenever I see this on my bathroom mirror, it's just a reminder to me that when Jesus says something to me, if I'm going to trust him, to do it 100%. Fill it to the brim. I'm terrible at this. I'm always like, okay, God, cool. I'll give it a shot. I'll give you 10%. Uh, so, yeah, that's my favorite one that we have in our house currently is that one. Write out scripture. I know people who like to paint things and they paint scripture, they paint it on pictures, do whatever, whatever you want to do. Three by five cards, get a mezuzah for your door frame, whatever works for you. Put some scripture up around your house. Put it where you can see it. Put it where you'll look at it. Put it where you'll absorb it. Um, Second thing you can do to learn more scripture is to memorize scripture. Everybody's favorite, right? Um, When I was in high school, I used to go on this uh, camping thing every summer called trail camp. And we would just go backpacking for a week. Um, somewhere out. And there was about, uh, I think, 24 of us because that's the maximum amount of people you can take into national forest land. And um, so, yeah, we'd backpack for a week and go hiking, go swim in the lake. Um, but it was it was part of the, the church camp that I grew up at. And so every morning and every night we'd have a small service. And um, so I don't remember what year it was. I think it was my junior year. We get there the first night, and the leader of our trip says, okay, we're going to study Proverbs 1-7. We're going to study it all week long. And I was just like, oh, this week's going to suck. And I was like, how are we going to study one verse for an entire week? So there's Proverbs 1-7. I was pretty bummed, and I was even pretty bummed throughout the week as we were going through it. You know, I was still just like, okay, we're just saying the same thing over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. Fine, but you know what? 30 years later, I can still quote this scripture in my sleep, and I can remember it, and I can remember, like, the meaning of it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, some other versions say wisdom and discipline. Um, this comes to me a lot. This scripture will pop into my head, um, especially when I am being undisciplined, when I am being lazy, when I am being whatever. And I just think, okay, I'm a fool. I'm despising discipline right now because I'm choosing to be lazy or whatever. Uh, And for the past 30 years, this scripture has popped into my head because we studied it for a week and it's so ingrained in there. Uh, That was kind of a fun way to memorize some scripture as opposed to just trying to do it myself. But um, at the time, yeah, it was not too exciting. Um. 
Next verse that we'll go through is Romans 12, 1 and 2. So this verse I consider kind of my life verse. You might have heard people say that. Some people have a verse that just really means a lot to them. Um, Some of you might have even heard me talk about this before. Um, When I was in high school, I was reading Romans, and I came across this verse. And verse 2 was what stuck out to me at first. You know, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. I was like, yes. I don't have to conform. I'm like, awesome. Um, and then, then I, you know, over the years, actually learned what the rest of it meant, and it just grew in meaning. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That is still a good thing. That is still something I hold to, is to try not to conform to this world. And the next part, just as good, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, that's trickier, but it's basically saying, casting out the old things, the old things in my mind, the ways of this earth, so that my mind is renewed in the things of God, in the things of Christ, in the things of scripture. Um, it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. If you want to know what God's will for your life is, you need to be in Scripture. You need to trans- re- renew your mind so you can test and approve what God's will is. Um, then I started paying to verse 1, paying attention to verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Um, as a musician, as somebody who has led worship, uh, this verse puts a whole different spin on that. What does it mean to offer my body as a living sacrifice because of God's mercy, because of His saving grace on my life? I have some ideas, but I still don't have that one figured out fully. Um, being a living sacrifice, that is intense. So um, I was at a, I used to work at this company way back in the day, and it was, um, it was kind of a young company. So I was, I came in, I was like the eighth employee hired or something, and we grew to like 20 people or whatever. And we had this, retreat like a just a day retreat thing to talk about kind of where the company was going kind of blah 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 it was a christian company was doing christian radio programs and most of the people well all the people there were believers the my boss the owner of the company was a missionary kid who grew up in south america and we're at this retreat and we're just going around the room sharing different things and um, somebody said something about, does anybody have a particular verse or something that means something to them? And I was like, oh, yeah, Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's my verse. And then I rattled it off from memory. And everyone at the, in the room just looked at me like I was an alien. Like, and I was just like, surely you guys know some scripture. You have some scripture memorized, you know. And 
it was just a weird thing. And everyone was like, whoa, how did you do that? And I was like, because it's important. Um, so I don't know. Um, again, some of you may have this. Some of you may not. Don't feel bad if you don't. This is not meant to cause judgment or guilt. This is meant to be an encouragement to get in the Word and know Scripture more. If you don't know where to start, start here. You see this at everywhere. You see this at sporting events. You see this, you see, always see the guy at the Broncos game, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, this is the gospel. This is the good news that most churches are about, that we are about here at Scum. That God loved us so much that he gave his son so that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. So if you don't know where to start, start with that verse. Read it. Learn it. Um, So we have write it out, write scripture out, put it around. Then we have memorize it, internalize it, take it in. Um, the next things that I have is study and read. Study scripture, read scripture. Um, so also when I was in high school, a lot of stuff happened when I was in high school. Um, that was when my faith was sort of becoming real. So for Christmas one year, I, I was 15 or 16, I asked for a Bible. And this is the Bible that I got for Christmas. It's an NIV study Bible. It's pretty beat up. It's got tape on it. It's got stuff in it. Pictures that I drew, probably during church somewhere. It's got underlined things, but this this is my Bible, and I read it a lot and used it a lot um, at the time. Now I have my phone. I love the Bible app on my phone. It's great. There's even programs and stuff on there that can help you to read Scripture and to go through things and all different topics. And it's free, and you can get many different versions. This thing was probably $30 back in the day, and now you can download a Bible app for free that has 20-some-odd different versions of the Bible just accessible at any time. Um, but every now and then I still pull this out, and I look through it, and I read through it, and I kind of see places where I've underlined things. Um... But yeah, this is, this is the Bible that I started reading. This is when my faith became real. Um, I'd, I'd grown up in the church. I got saved when I was young. I don't even remember, seven or eight, I don't know. Got saved at camp, um, around the campfire, because I didn't want to go to hell. And, uh, but when I was in high school, I was like, all right, I need to start reading my Bible and see what it's about. I was talking with Brian Pell. He preached here uh, two weeks ago. And he has a similar story. He grew up in church. And he said, yeah, my faith really took off when I started reading my Bible. Um, and you'll probably hear that from other people 
around when you start just reading your Bible for you, not as part of a Bible study or just, you know, you hear stuff in church or we get up here and talk about things. Um, But when you start reading it, and it doesn't have to be anything amazing, pick a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Pick Psalms. It's a good place to start. Um, And just read and just ask God to speak to you through your reading of Scripture. So, I'm the guy up here with the microphone. Yeah, yeah, cool, Dave. Great. Um, You're a professional Christian. Awesome, you know. Uh, So, this is the guy who started reading his Bible when he was in high school. And in case you can't see it well enough, there it is. Uh, I was not a professional Christian back then. I was pretty ridiculous. That's a good word for it. Uh, that's my senior car ID card. Um, so yeah, that was me. 91, 92, and it was right about that same time when I started getting serious about my faith. Started reading my Bible. Um, I took off a big chunk and started reading in Romans. So I wouldn't recommend that as maybe a starting point. But Romans is awesome if you want to do that. And that's why that's how I got to Romans 12. Um, so yeah. You don't have to look like anything. You don't have to be anything cool. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You can read Scripture, and God can use it to speak to your life. So, yeah. Write Scripture out. Place it around where you can see it. Memorize it. Start internalizing things. This is... this. Okay, I guess I'll hand this out now. So, this is all the Scripture that I'm going through tonight is on here. Let me send that around that way. Uh, and then all at, the, at the bottom, and it's listed, all the memory verses that we've been putting up over the last few months as we've been going through the, ser- the series on the Jesus Storybook Bible are also on this sheet. Um, so yeah, if you need a place to start, start here. Keep this sheet, tape it to your refrigerator, stick it in your bathroom, whatever. Don't use it at all. Throw it away. I don't care. Find something that works for you and get into God's word and start to read it and take it on for yourself. Um, so the last thing we'll talk about as the another the last way that I'll say to use scripture is to pray scripture um, this is something I've only sort of been figuring out oh sorry here's a couple more verses um, so John 3:16 is kind of one of those verses that 
is out there. Like everybody knows it, or at least everyone has seen John 3, 16. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is another just starting place verse. If you don't know where to start, start with this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is a key verse because it talks about that salvation comes from God. It's not based on anything that you can do or not do. It is given to everyone, or the opportunity is given to everyone. So again, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a professional Christian. You don't have to be a good person. If you think you're a bad person... This verse still applies to you. You can be saved through faith. Um, another one. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is another just sort of... This is an easy one to memorize. This is an easy one to learn. So the next time somebody says to you... Yeah, you know, but people are basically good. All people are basically good. Um, This verse is kind of the verse for that. All have sinned. It doesn't doesn't mean there are not good people out there, but it basically means it's a level playing field. Everyone has sinned. Everyone is undeserving. But then you can go back to Ephesians 2.8.9 then there is grace. You are saved through your faith in Jesus, not by works, not by things that you can do, because everyone is a sinner. Um, So yeah, just be careful when you hear all that stuff of when people say, yeah, but I believe that people are basically good. Uh, Everyone has sinned. So... And then another good one that you'll hear a lot, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God knows what he wants for you in your life. God wants to prosper and not harm you to give you a hope and a future. Um, so again, these last four, John 3.16, Ephesians 2.8.9, Romans 3.23, Jeremiah 29.11. If you don't know where to start, start there. They're all on the sheet. Um, so yeah, so next we'll get into praying scripture. Um, And you can memorize these as prayers, or you can just read them out of your Bible as prayers, and you can pray these things. Uh, One of the more favorite ones is Psalm 43. Um, Verse 5 is kind of the key verse that a lot of people know, um, but this whole psalm is a good one. Um, So if you're talking to God or trying to and you don't know what to say, Um, especially if you're feeling beat up, 
if you're feeling the weight of the world, if you're feeling just downtrodden, pray Psalm 43. Vindicate me, my God, and please my, plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Um, So, yeah. Pray through Scripture. There's many others, but I just wanted to give a place to start with this tonight. Um, Yeah, I know this probably wasn't the most interesting message. Um, I wasn't really trying to talk about anything other than, you know, I had my one story, but it's just to encourage you guys to get into Scripture. Um, I don't know why that was just put so heavy on me this week. Um, Download the Bible app. They have like a verse of the day thing that'll pop up even when you open the app. Start there. Um, memorize scripture, write scripture, put it around your house, all these things. Pray through scripture, pray through Psalm 43 um, when you don't know what to pray to God. So the last two things, again, this is this is how much like um, scripture and God's word like comes up in the Bible as being important. Um, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Some of you might know the song and not realize that that is a scripture verse. Um, this verse is comforting. Your word is a light to my path and a lamp unto my feet. That means that you're walking. That means that you're moving. And that means that God is illuminating the way forward if you're in Scripture. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Um, It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Penetrates to the mind. Penetrates to the soul. Penetrates to the spirit. But then it says joints and marrow. It can also penetrate the physical. It can penetrate. It can be healing to your body, to your physical body. Um, When Isaac spoke the other night, just sharing, 
And he just started speaking some scripture that was meaningful to him. Uh, it just washed over me, just like a healing wave. And it was just so nice to just sit there and be like, hear the scripture as it, you know, as Isaac was just sharing. Um, oh, shoot. I missed one. So, yeah, um, there's one other one. and I don't even remember what it is. It's in Ephesians. I don't remember the reference. Um, but it's basically, it was just talking about what Isaac was doing. And it says, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Um, speak to one another with psalms. Speak to people around you with scripture. Speak to them with hymns. Speak to them with spiritual songs. Speak to them with things that we sing here in this room. Um, I have an art project that I'm working on. That it's it's been working on it for about four years now, um, and it's just a line from. It's just one of my favorite lines from a hymn, and it's um, uh, "Be thou my vision." It's the second line of the first stanza that says, Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Um, Like, that's what I want. I pray that at times when I'm struggling in my flesh. Tune my heart to sing your grace, God. Man, I love the imagery of that. Like, um, so yeah, I forgot that verse, but oh well. Um, the word of God is alive and active and you'll be amazed at times how and when scripture speaks to you I work at another church on Sunday morning just running sound I just sit in the back of the room kind of by myself kind of just inconspicuous Um, and there was one Sunday in particular that I remember but this happens often this happens here this happens other places where I don't remember anything that happened that morning. I don't remember what the sermon was about. I don't remember what the songs were. I don't remember if it was good or bad. I don't, I don't know anything. And an elder got up to pray, and they spoke one verse. And that was just lodged in my mind for the whole rest of the service. It was just that one verse. And I like wrote it down, and then I just meditated on it. Um, a year ago or so, I started to read through First Corinthians. I got halfway through chapter 1. And then I got stuck for months on one verse. And I just couldn't get past it. And I just meditated on it. And I studied it so that I could figure out what it meant. Um, like, that's what it means by the Word of God is alive and active. It means it can just hit you where you're at today. This centuries-old scriptures can still be effective where you're at today. So that's what I got. Just an encouragement to get into the Word, know scripture, see what God is telling you through it. Um, Yeah. Um, 
I, this is not meant to bring guilt. It's not meant to be to make you feel guilty. This is meant to be encouraging. Get in Scripture. If you've read the whole Bible 17 times, cool, do it again. If you haven't read anything, start. Start with Matthew. Start with Genesis. Genesis has all the good stories. Um, so, yeah, and, and you'll encounter some weird stuff. And if you don't know what to do with it, then talk to somebody who's further down the road than you, and they'll be able to help you with the hard stuff. But, again, start through Scripture, and you'll be amazed with what God shows you. Um, yeah, and that's what I got for today.